Cinephiles, audiophiles, ladies and germs, welcome to the Film Cult Podcast. Tonight, Katie Malko, a rising young star who was released what I consider to be one of the best albums of 2020 so far. Katie, how are things? Uh, really good, thank you. Yeah, and thank you for that introduction. That was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> It's a fucking fantastic album. Can can I like just start off by asking what was the inspiration behind this new album? Um, yeah, you can ask that. I'm trying to think how to say it quickly. Um, oh no, you do not need to be quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was kind of uh, it's it's sort of like a coming of age record, and and the, each of the song the reason it's called failures is because each of the songs kind of um represents like a a snapshot of time where um it felt as though that i'd failed at something but actually it it proved to be a sort of period of growth um and each of the songs kind of relate to from being like a teenager up to now they kind of relate to a period um so each one's kind of its own little vignette i suppose uh, vignette. Sorry, I didn't I drop my T's because I'm from the Midlands. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um, yeah, that was sort of the. Ins- I guess it, that was inspiration. Although, although it kind of came together that way. I don't know if I um, set out that way at first, but it, that became clearer as I was writing, and and, and then it sort of just sort of pulled itself together that way, and and made sense to me. Um, and I kind of, um, I, I um, um, uh, tracked track it so chronologically so that it kind of went through those time periods and shifted through, you know, each sort of moment in a chronological way, which isn't probably obvious to a listener, but it's obvious to me. <laughs> well, how much is sitting on the cutting room floor of this, or is everything that you wrote on the album? No, there's there is there is a lot of other stuff that got as you say got cut away. Um, probably stuff that was a bit more um, maybe musically slightly different to these songs, and maybe were a bit sort of yeah, like in the gaps of certain. So I feel like the ones that that made it onto the album, they're all very clearly about something to my mind and then the ones that are kind of ended up cutting away them they're, they're a bit more written in a bit of a haze and they're a bit more like just a bit more mishmashy i suppose and, and not 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 in keeping quite with the 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 music like the musical style maybe in some respects so it sort of made sense for me to and i, and I kind of do that naturally by I, I just notice what i don't put into my set list when I play live and then the more and more I don't put something into the set list the more I realize it's not a tune that I'm gonna crack on with does that make sense yeah of course yeah so I kind of tend to omit stuff that way rather than sitting down going through everything deciding what I'm going to record and what I'm not going to record or uh, you know I kind of just gradually stop playing stuff (laughs) So how long were you playing these songs live before you sat down and, and got them recorded? Some of them longer than others. Um, some of them were relatively new and, and finished, like, right up to the point of recording. Um, 
and others and some were written you know we'd started recording and the track list changed because some as i say like i had these other tunes and i slowly stopped stopped playing them and then i'd written new songs and i felt better about those songs and um yeah i mean some some of the older ones like let's go to war it's a few years old now um but some of the other like creatures was written right up to the wire like it was written ba- i basically finished the lyrics on the, in the studio um which is the only time i think i've ever done that and that's because i feel like i'd reached a point with the i say with the band but um it's just two of us um but with those guys i'd reached a point of comfort in the studio with them because we've been doing it over such a long period of time um just on and off like when we could find a spare couple of hours we've just been doing it like whenever we could get away from work really or um find a spare saturday when where all of us were free and so yeah it sort of got to that point where i was comfortable enough that we could sort of do i could do that in front of them and and then that song was born but yeah there's i'd sort of kind of tend to write more like on my own and just bring stuff to the studio with whoever I'm recording with usually. When you're playing everything, all the instruments on this album, except for bass and percussion, why did you choose not to also tackle them as well? Well, because I, I'm not a great drummer and the drummers would be really, really shaky if I'd have done them. They'd have been very basic indeed. Um, the bass, I could play the bass, but it was more that um, we thought it was going to be a live thing and we didn't really consider that it was going to be, in the, that we were even going to go into the studio and do it this way. Like we, it, that wasn't, it kind of just happened that way. At first it was like, oh, I've got a few songs, I want to play some shows with a band. So it was like we assembled a three-piece, you know? Um, and then it was like, actually, we should record... And it ended up that way. But also, I'm glad that it did because I was so exhausted just just doing all the other stuff on it, like just like a, apart from bass and drums, that I'm glad I didn't have to do those as well. <laughs> and I'm not the best bassist either, if I'm being honest. Like I can play, I can play bass, but it's it would would it was better for Stephen having done it because he actually came up with some stuff that you know was its own part. Whereas I would have just played, I would have played what it needed and it would have been enough. But uh, yeah, I think it was nice to have him there. And also he provided back, like backing vocals and helped me shape some ideas here and there. So he was a good addition in that way anyway. Well, when we get back to playing live shows, do you see that the band expanding past three members or do you like it at the three members right now? To be honest, it, it kind of isn't, even like a, a, like it's not, it's a fluid thing. Like it could be any, anyone could play, but like it's not even just like those two guys that they're brilliant and like they recorded with me in the studio and the drummer was also an engineer. So that was other, another reason why it made sense that we did it together sort of thing. Cause he produced a record um, and it could be a lot more people. And to be fair, because I played so much instrumentation on the record, it might make sense to have another person if we were to do a tour as a band. But I generally play live on my own. Um, and the live show is sort of a bit more, I guess it's a bit more 
it's pared back and sparse than sparser than what you hear on the record. Um, although there was plans to do a, a band tour, obviously got wiped out. But um, I hope we can come back to that. I just feel like it the, that it kind of can exist in any form, and that's kind of and I like the the fluidity of it. So it could be anybody playing and it could be a big band or it could be a really really small band or it could just be me um and i like that flexibility i I think that's like i feel more comfortable with that rather than there always being this set live show that's always going to be the same and it always has to have these relies on these members um i kind of don't like to have to rely on other people for stuff (laughs) if i can help it so yeah were your previous live shows at the level that you wanted playing mainly by yourself or has it always been a dream of yours to have the bigger band there um i like both genuinely like i'd love to just have a huge band have all these other instruments like arcade fire or something (laughs) and have um, like a big orchestra or something like it'd be amazing but i also just really i feel like there's something different when you play on your own and like you have you kind of have to like the audience you have to sort of trust the audience a little more it's weird like you've got nothing to hide behind and you kind of have to build a rapport with them like straight off the bat and you don't you don't hide behind anyone else and I kind of love that even though it's really 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 scary um and that you can kind of then be a bit more flexible in what you what you're playing and you could change your set list at the last minute if you want to and you can chat away and it feels way more intimate and 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 you just feel I guess a bit more um a bit closer to the people in the audience weirdly Whereas I feel like when you're with a band, you kind of just feel like you're hiding, like you're just behind this band. Um, but it can sound amazing, obviously, if you, if there's enough stuff going on. I mean, yeah, there's there's kind of pros and cons to both, I suppose. Well, do you find yourself having a new appreciation for live music right now, be it that you can't go out oh, and play live music? Oh, massively. I did, um, I was recording a sort of a session thing um, yesterday and because uh, uh, I, I live in a block of flats, so it's really any time I have my amp on in this flat, someone comes and bashes my door down. So it was so nice to be in a space where you could be loud and I could play like I would a live show. And I, I, I couldn't believe how much like energy I was I gleaned from it. I was like, this is this is like been miss, missing from my life for months and months. And I can't believe how bummed out I've been. Like it's, it, I, I can't believe how much uh, life it gives me just to play loudly. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, I massively miss it. And I miss just watching bands as well. I miss going to see bands and going to festivals and all of it. I, I'm such a massive part of my life just fallen away. Probably for you too. I mean, for, for people that love to go see stuff. Oh, I'm dying not seeing a show. It's like it's killing me. <laughs> it's it's funny. We, we had a driving concert a few blocks from me the other day. It was just such a strange and surreal experience. It just was not the same. No, it's weird because you're just so isolated from it. I mean, that's the whole point, but you're isolated from <laughs> 
everyone and what was the what was the gig was it a big show i honestly don't know who it was it was just we didn't even know what the hell it was i went out under the patio and i could just hear this heavy bass and we started walking up towards it and we found out that it was just this weird driving concert and it was funny because they were parking cars six feet away from each other. So they were even distancing the cars. It was just oh. a weird, surreal experience. Is that because they think people will get out of the car and have a dance or something? But nobody was doing that. I, I, I'm not quite sure why so they were weird. doing that. That is so weird. I don't know how I feel about it. But I think the problem with those sorts of shows is they're always going to be just massive bands like the the it's again, once again it's the smaller artists that kind of are getting screwed by the, i mean everyone's getting screwed but the smaller artists like in this playing the mid capacity venues and stuff like that that's just gonna take a long time to recover and it's like the big sort of major label artists that can play these driving shows and stuff and you know it's sort of it's just a bit a bit sad. <laughs> well, speaking of that, you have a lot of emotion in your songwriting. Do you see coming out of COVID and this isolation as something that's going to help foster your creative process? That's a really interesting question because I feel like I have been really prolific in lockdown. Um, I've been super lonely, and I think that. I've had these spurts of writing a lot and then not writing anything and over the course of these few months and I've written more than I would have had had we not been in lockdown for sure but I also like find it hard to gather the motivation to do like the recording stuff I need to do so I've got some projects I'm doing I need to get recording and I just can't like the stuff that requires there's less about free flow creativity and it's more about sitting down and getting the part done and working, you know, practically. That's the stuff I'm finding hard. Um, it just feels like the days just seem to pass by and you're like, you've not really made a massive dent in your to-do list and I don't really know how to get that back because I feel like I was really good at it before. <laughs> And now it's sort of just frittered away. And it seems like now's the time you should be able to tackle all these things because you're not having to commute and you're not having to um, even do much socialising or whatever. But it seems like it's become harder. I don't know if you find that, but it's just been difficult, I think. Days have definitely just flown by and they've been incredibly strange. Just like, I was just going to say, and... It's a whole new, it's a completely new life that you just had to like click and get, be adjusted to, you know, mm-hmm. overnight. And that's a weird and strange sensation for everyone, I think. Sorry. Well, no, I was just going to go back to the album for a second. That cover is so striking. What is the story behind that photo? Oh, well, um, I like to take photos on film. Oh, actually, I like to take photos on all, on all things. <laughs> and um but I but I at the time was taking quite a lot on film and um we needed to take some photos for press shots and for the cover and whatever and I was like oh let's do them on film um so we uh, me and my partner at the time were no one together but we'd moved back to the Midlands um and we just sort of like well let's go to the house I grew up in 
and just take them in the garden because a lot of the album sort of centers start it starts there like it centers around that house and um it, ha- it bears some significance so we took these pictures and out in the garden by like the fence and just like on some breeze blocks that were out there um and then when we got them developed it, they were all overlaid on some other pictures and i realized that i'd put an i put a film in the camera that i'd already used so um they they sort of took a picture on a picture um and that one just came out i couldn't believe how it came out i thought it looked amazing but um the background is sort of mixed with the garden it's um a church in barcelona um, where I took that photo because there was all this bomb damage on the wall where um, Mussolini had dropped bombs on this church. Um, and I'd taken pictures of this bomb damage. Um, so it's kind of weird. It did, I mean, that's kind of a weird link. Like, it's not <laughs> directly... It was an accident. But, um, um, that trip was sort of significant in many ways, like... Uh, for personal reasons so it weirdly tied in in a very odd personal way um and i just thought it looked like a really happy accident <laughs> well how much of a history buff are you then well i mean i i, I mean i'm into history um i'm not like someone that can reel off loads of knowledge I'm, I'm someone that like enjoys it enjoys to learn about it and i like i love going to places and going and learning about the history of the place or going to museums and stuff and yeah i'm really into learning about it but i cannot like teach it <laughs> well what is what is your main thing that you try to do with each new city that you go to when you're on tour um if i if i have time then i'll usually try i usually seek out the castle wherever there's a castle <laughs> <laughs> I'll go try and see a castle, but um, or like um, an exhibition or something, or like usually like the local, you know, like so if you're in the air, say you're in, oh, I'm trying to think of an example, but it'd be like the museum of the area. Mm-hmm. So not it, it wouldn't be like a, and lots of them are, it wouldn't be like a trendy, you know, arty one. It would be like the, the it'd be really usually in the UK at least very shonky like like put together by community like work like volunteers <laughs> and there's all kinds of weird crap in there and there's like <laughs> oh here's the shoe of a man that once lived at number 12 <laughs> number 12 uh, adam's crescent <laughs> and you're like i just love stuff like that i love really cr- like local museums that tell the history of the place <laughs> It's a shame at the moment because I went down to Margate in Kent, which is a bit of um, a crap seaside town on the in on the coast of uh, on the uh, east the east coast of the UK. Um, I went to Margate last week for a couple of days with a friend just to get away and go to the beach. Um, and the, all because of COVID, all the, there is a really crap looking museum, and I was like, I just want to go in it, and it's closed because of COVID. <laughs> It looks so bad, and it'll be great, and it'll tell us all about Margate, and it's bloody closed. Uh, well, so, yeah. <laughs> if you're ever near the Salton Sea, you need to go check out the Banana Museum. That place is okay. strikingly, strikingly crazy. <laughs> what kind of thing is it? Is it the same sort of 
vibe. It says that it's going to be the history of bananas, and it's just, it's really a whole bunch of miniature bananas. They don't even sell bananas at the place. It's a very strange little museum, but I think you'll, I think you'll really dig it. You should check it out. I would definitely check that out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Julian Baker wrote a hell of a piece on this album. What do you remember from the tour that you, that you first met? Um, well, it's funny you should bring that up, actually, because... I had already I had already met her before because I went to New York and um, we had mutual friends and I went to see her show at the Barry Ballroom um, and was blown away and Phoebe Bridges supported and she wasn't signed yet actually and this was before she released out this was like on her first singles um, and it was a really really good show but um, so I'd met her then but like we'd we'd had some. Th- lunch or something but like we didn't know each other that well and then the first real conversation we had was um we were waiting for our um her manager sean to bring the car around we were waiting in the hotel lobby and uh she she was playing primavera in barcelona that week and i was like oh you'll love barcelona i just went there a few months ago which is when i took those pictures I was like, I just went there a few months ago and I learned all about the Civil War and then I read Homage to Catalonia and I'm I really, like, enamoured by its history and I started trying to, like, do, do what I said a minute ago, like, teach her, like, <laughs> teach her some history that I'd learned and I wasn't really getting anything right because my memory's so terrible and I, I didn't really know what to expect, like, what she would... I, I thought I was being really, like, clever... And then she was just like, yeah, right, because um, actually it wasn't that. It was that. And then she just went into this whole, like, <laughs> she knew the, in, the history of the place inside out more than I did. And she just completely, like, owned me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, you already know. I just assumed you wouldn't know because you're American. <laughs> <laughs> she just knew everything there was to know about Barcelona's history. And, I was, and she just taught me everything everything i was like okay now i understand what our dynamic is going to be <laughs> you're a lot more clever than me <laughs> um and so that was the first like conversation we ever had which is so funny you should bring it up because it was relating to that picture weirdly um but yeah we had a really good week and we got on really quickly um and just like we like a lot of the same music and just had a lot of fun in the car listening to all the stuff that we both like and driving Sean mad, I think, who was driving. Um, <laughs> and the shows were, like, pretty... Because she hadn't been over here before, so there were the shows were all sold out, but they were, you know, like... They weren't massive, massive venues just yet. But everyone in the room was just absolutely besotted with her, you know? Like, it was completely... Like, the audiences were were so intense and, and so amazing and and they just seemed to get what I was doing as well which was really nice it was probably the best run of shows of probably like just for an audience that that kind of understood what what I was doing as well often you get you play with a band or whatever and you're the quiet opener you have to sort of fight with that a little bit and try and reel people in as much as you can and I just, it just didn't feel like you had to do that with the, with these audiences because they kind of came came for you know it was they just got it I suppose so they were really good shows and it was a really fun week and yeah we just stayed in touch. 
<laughs> How much have you uh, got over to North America and toured? Not at all. Um, I played. I played South by Southwest last year, and I was supposed to play this year. I was. Uh, I was going to say. So it's just that South by Southwest show. You've never been anywhere else. No. Um, well, there was like some some plans in place to come over after the record was released, which have obviously been pushed back. So we'll see. I hope I hope it will happen soon. But yeah, no, I, because I haven't been over there before releasing the record, and the plans were in place for after. Um, so yeah, I've just been over to play South by. Well, how did you notice the reaction at South by? Um, I was, I didn't have a lot of music out in the world, but yeah, like it was great. It was, it was, an, it was a really fun show. Um, I played two shows and they were both really fun. Um, one of them was on the back of a lorry <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, and actually, everyone that played that one, because I stuck around because it was a really good lineup, and it that was a re- it was like in someone's yard in a on the back of a lorry, and it was one of my like most treasured memories. <laughs> um, and then I played like the showcase for the label, and um, yeah, it was cracking. It was really really good energy, like good good audience all day, and there was a good energy, and it was sunny, and we we're outside, and. Um, it was amazing. I loved it. I love South by Southwest. I was so sad that it didn't happen this year. Yeah, so you weren't even, like, in America? You you avoided the shutdowns and everything else? Yeah, it, it basically, they cancelled it, I think, right up to the wire. So um, a couple of friends of mine went anyway. I was going to because... say, there were a few yeah. artists that I know of that were already there and then had to scramble to somehow get home as quick as they could. Oh, you're joking! I'm so glad that didn't happen to me. Um, no, I didn't. I I didn't go because I was. Um, it was like it's two weeks, isn't it? And I was yeah. going. I was playing the, the latter half. So, luckily, I didn't get stranded there. But a friend of mine did for a couple of days longer than she wanted to. But that was that was the risk she took because she went anyway. Well, um, and you just did a show with Bob Moulds back in February, right? How did that show come to be? Um, the, the agent just, just asked me. It was, um, yeah, it was amazing. Oh, it was such a cracker's show. Like, and we, I met him backstage. I wasn't really expecting to meet him. Uh, and he was super nice. Um, and it was just, yeah, they just asked. <laughs> it was really good. I, I feel like that's a hell of a fit. So I would love to see that tour in the future. That'd be really cool. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> But let me take you way back now. What were some of the formative artists that helped shape who you would become as an artist? That's a really good question. Um, so, like, early on, you mean? So yeah. when I'm growing up rather than, yeah. Um, I mean, when I first started playing, so, I mean, I can't believe that this, that she's been going this long, but I was 19, 18, 19 when I sort of started started writing um for like my own stuff and wasn't just doing bands and things um and I listened to Joanna Newsom all the time I thought she was amazing and I was obsessed with that album East um and I mean I, I guess it was it's not directly inspired what I write musically but it is something that I like she's an artist I've been obsessed with for years um since i was young um 
So I could say her and, I mean, I really, when I was younger, I really, really loved Ryan Adams, but I can't, can't really bear it now. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's, it's, if you, you know, I can't pretend that it wasn't a big influence because it was at the time, even though he's such a jerk. Um, who else? When I was like first getting into music, I loved like Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> Um, and pop punk stuff. And, um, I was going to say, you have a lot of punk and almost metal like undertones to a lot of your work, especially th- this new album. I can hear it. And I was very curious. Yeah. W- w- like, were you listening to like the punk and the metal when you were growing up? Because it's there. Yeah, I, I was... Um, my first band when I was a teenager, we were like a... a, a punky rock band um and i used to love like <laughs> i'm ashamed to say i used to i loved blink one out two and jimmy Eat world but i also did love some like new metal stuff like <laughs> love system of a down and um what else um slipknot i love i still love slipknot and who else um and deftones um, this is the sort of stuff I liked really early. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of liked it, liked it alongside like stuff like John Newsom and Ryan Adams. It's weird, like, like I kind of maybe the two have combined to make <laughs> to make this because, um, yeah, I definitely grown up on a, a diet of riffs. <laughs> <laughs> well, how? So it's quite interesting that you pick up, pick up on that. Oh, there's some there is most certainly Deftones influences for sure. So I'm glad that you mentioned the Deftones because there's a lot of cadence, especially on the um, Deftones self-titled album. You can hear that just coming to the forefront in a song like Brooklyn. It's it's crazy. Yeah, that's really interesting. No one's ever said that before, but you've got a point, I think. Well, how easy was it for you to find the kinds of art that you wanted growing up? Um, well, I just used to go to... There was a record store that I used to go to all the time. Um, I was sort of on the cusp of uh, streaming, I suppose. So um, I still like, bought records when I was young. And so it's always been pretty easy, I suppose. And like MySpace was a big thing. <laughs> genuinely used to find a lot of music that way it's quite weird to think of it now but you would go on people's page and they would have a song embedded on their profile and then I'd be like oh who's this artist and I'd find out more about them through what what people I liked had on their page it's such a weird thing to think of now I suppose that's sort of equivalent to Instagram story now where you might put music on your Instagram story I don't know um that's generally I used to go to this record store every Saturday and just buy something that I thought looked all right when I didn't have any idea what it sounded like and I've got a really random collection because of that (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I've seen pictures of you playing your guitar upside down was this an yeah is this an homage to, to Hendrix no it's just I just can't play it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just learned that way. It's just yeah. my dad's 
you, you, you learned it that way? Yeah, I taught myself, and my my dad had a left-handed acoustic, and I used to play his guitar, and then when I was a teenager, he, he thought, oh, she's really interested in the guitar, so he went and got me a second-hand, like, cheap, like, no-name <laughs> acoustic guitar from, like, a shop, and just, like, a non-music shop, you know what I mean? Um, and it was, a, he just managed to get it for, like, 30 quid, and it was right-handed, because um, he assumed I would just learn the right way if I had the right guitar, because I wrote with my right hand, um, and I just didn't. I was like, no, I've learned the other way now, so I'm just going to play it this way. And I never learned the right way. (laughs) Well, I would feel like to some, you'd be associated with Christmas because of your one song. Would you say that you're a pretty religious person because you started out playing gospel-like songs? Or would you not say this at all? Um, I I was religious when I was young, younger. I was, I was religious as a young kid and I was in a church choir. Um, but then I, I came away from it and then I went back to it as a teenager. I'm not from a religious family at all. This was all like self-choice. Um, I went back to it as a teenager and I met uh, my my still current best friend in the church. And it was like a rock... It was like... Me and Julian talk about it, talked about this a lot on that tour. It, we called it the rock church because it's all like Christian rock songs and <laughs> there's a lot of... There's like a whole, I mean, I don't know how much you know about it, but there's like a whole like music industry of like Christian rock and there's like different genres and Christian music and it's, it, it, these artists are massive, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, we, yeah, I got into that and the first band I told you about that I was in when I was 15, 14, 15 with my best friend who I met at the church, we were writing kind of Christian rock kind of I mean we weren't I don't think we thought we were but when I look back and I think of the lyrics and I think about what it sounded like it it, it was definitely <laughs> it was definitely that. um and then both of us and she is from a Christian family um her whole family are but we both kind of just moved away from it again around the age of 16 I think and we decided that we didn't really believe in it anymore and we just sort of went off it. And, and I mean, it probably has some weird influence I'm not conscious of in my life now, but I'm not not a religious person anymore, no. I'm, I'm glad that you joined the dark side with the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, because well, it's time-consuming. <laughs> honestly it takes up so much time it does it really does well what can we expect from you coming up well i'm trying to record some stuff at the moment that's a little it's like a little uh failures related project that i'm doing i'm hopefully going to do a proper high production live stream pretty soon and i'm talking to people about that at the moment we're sorting it all out and it'll be like in a venue and it'll be proper probably ticketed and stuff which i'm hoping all works out and comes off um and i was recording some sessions yesterday in this really beautiful building um 
in Northampton where I live. So I've got loads of stuff for the next year, and then I've, and I've already written second album, so I'm started demoing it, and I'm working with my friend Joel, and um, we're sending demos back and forth to each other and ideas and stuff. So um, hopefully. I will start recording that pretty soon as well. So I've got a lot to be getting on with. <laughs> what can we expect from the sound of the new album? Well, it's sort of TBC because at the moment it's sort of just bag of ideas and the songs I've written at home just on my own on my guitar. Um, and I'm trying to flesh them out a little differently and think about them a little differently to like getting in a room with a, with a band and hashing it out, I'm sort of arranging it, you know, especially because we're with COVID times, arranging it remotely and more uh, on my own. So I guess that's going to have an effect on it, whether I, I want it to or not, but um, we'll see. Well, Katie, thank you so much for coming on here. I hope that everybody Hi. goes picks up, everybody goes and picks up failures it is one of the best things I've heard this year so far. And yeah, I just want to thank you again for coming on here. Thank you. I really, really appreciate you having me on. It was not really fun to chat to you. Thank you for listening. Make sure to pick up Katie Malko's album, Failures, available now. And check her out at katiemalko.bandcamp.com. This concludes our broadcast day. Yeah.